what do I do? I buy a karate school. Oh, yes. Oh, and sure. Let me, guess. let me guess. You don't train karate. No, oh, I had trained for karate. Come on, man. Oh, I wouldn't be I'm that sorry. dumb. Just, I had trained. I'm learning. Yeah. I have trained for karate uh, for five months. So felt five months fully qualified. Yes. Or you, you're you're a black belt then, depending on what discipline. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and trained for that, and uh, bought bought the school. I bought the school from a like a quote friend. Welcome to the Innovative Founder. The show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Regnerus and Brandon Boyd. Hey, hey, founders, welcome to the show today. We are back each and every week in your Apple or Spotify playlist. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Make yes. sure you could really do us a favor, folks. If, if you have a chance for, for 10 seconds, uh, give us a good rating if you're enjoying it. Um, it really helps other people know about it. Uh, the magic algorithms love when there's feedback from the audience. So yes. if, if you do that, we'd just be really honored. That's, that's a great thing. Um, today, uh, we get a chance to reconnect with an old friend uh, and... Honestly, the stories that he told, I had never heard before. Mm. And um, and a lot of us, Brandon, a lot of us have these stories of the the dark, deep valleys that we've gone through in this entrepreneurial journey. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Um, uh, keep going. What are you going to say? Well, it, it's, you know, quite often we don't share those things. Mm -hmm. Um it's it's those things that that really define us. They're mm -hmm. they're they're moments, they're milestones in our life and our career that are are literally life changing. Mm -hmm. um, but when you go through them, they're some of the darkest, deepest, shittiest times of your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think, um, and that's one reason when we started when we were talking about starting the show months and months ago, and, and even what we're doing with with video you know, after we had been doing this way, we realized that what we're trying to do is create a way to connect with people and resonate with people. And, and I remember we, we talked about this a few years ago is nobody connects well comparing each other's successes. Like, you know, we've been in lots of rooms with, with people doing, you know, a lot more bigger numbers than we are. And, yeah. and, and, and those rooms where people are, are, comparing income and revenue that's not how people connect people connect and bond over the, the the story and it's not that we have to wallow in the pain but my gosh the greatest lessons that we learn and 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 the struggle and the journey is where people bond and connect and and i think today's episode is a testament to that um because everyone can relate to the struggle for sure. And there's certain there's certainly groups, Brandon, where the the getting off on the uh, revenue and the sales and all those things and, you know, what they bought with all their I mean, those rooms exist. Sure. Um, you and I just kind of like that. We're just not about that. 
um, yeah. never have been. Uh, we we prefer deep connections, and you know, we we uh, you know, I I like to think that you and I have this gift of being able to connect deeply with people, and mm-hmm. you know, that's why our clients love us uh, is because we help them get to the core of who they are. Um, that's, that's kind of what drives us is finding out who people are at their core and, and then promoting that, you know, for, for somebody who's like, Hey, I, 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 I'm a life coach or I'm a functional medical doctor, or I'm a financial planner. Like these folks are genuine people that are, they're not out there to sell people. They're out Mm -hmm. there to, to change people's lives. They're out there to protect people. And the best way, you know, and the, we call them high trust industries is to be really authentic and genuine with people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to capture that, that on film is, is one of our, I think it's probably our greatest joy is to be able to capture a client's awesomeness and share that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the world. I, I think that's, that's really needed. Um, you know, I hate this, this idea of let's, let's put a fake facade over us and, and put you know, pull the wool over people's eyes, so to speak. Right, right. The, the, yeah, we chat about it before is, you know, the game marketing has been gamified and people are tired of it. Sales has even kind of been gamified and people have gotten tired of it and, and sophisticated enough to, to read through the line. So that's what I love about what we do. We get to work with people. They get to be their authentic self. They get, they're solving real problems and they get to talk about it with, with all the emotion and passion and conviction that they've created on their journey. Yeah. You know, that, that journey of struggle of ups and downs has forged whatever their solution is into, into a marketplace and, and people feel it. People can resonate yeah. with it. Well, we're really excited to introduce Dave D to you. I think he's probably the first magician and mentalist mm. that we've ever interviewed. Um, I know our show is still pretty young, but you know that's pretty cool. Um, this is somebody whose dream since he was eight years old was to be a magician, a performer. And uh, we're happy to say that he's still performing in that way, uh, but he's done a lot, a lot of things since then. Uh, we're really happy to bring you this conversation now with Dave D. Hey, founders. So good to have you on the show today. I have been excited about this. Uh, Get to talk to a a friend that I haven't talked to in a while, which is always great. But we've known each other, I think, since about 2004 or five going back. His name is Dave D. Great name. Just Dave D. How you doing, Dave? (laughs) Hey, man, I'm doing great. Good good to see you guys. And that's the key. You know, it's going to be a good show when you got a good name. I mean, really, that's 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 the start of it. Right. Well, and and show is the key word here, Dave. Like, let, let's just I, I want to just jump in. Like you, your yeah. background is not in sales and marketing. <laughs> you, you're a, you're a showman. Tell us tell us about your 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 journey. Where did you start out? Yeah, well, since we only have an hour, you guys, I, I won't start with my entire journey. So let's let's actually start. I won't tell my entire life story like some okay. people do. So let's just start when I was eight. Okay, oh, yes. we'll work there we up go. chronologically from eight there, works. you know, that eight, works. nine, ten. Yeah. But no, the truth is that um, my entrepreneurial journey actually started when I was eight years old. My grandmother, uh, who I affectionately called Gamma, and that's uh-huh. what everyone, you know, called her because I was the first grandchild, a game magic set. And I absolutely fell in love with the art of magic. I mean, not just like you know most most boys and that's the truth get like you know magic sets some magic tricks at some point but for some reason i was 
obsessed with it. I absolutely loved it. Mm. And I knew when I was about eight, nine, 10 years old that I wanted to grow up and be a professional magician. Now, mom um, thought that was kind of cute when I was nine and 10, not so cute when I was 18, 19, right? Or 20, and, 30. And I, I literally had the best uh, parents on the planet. Um, my friends used to call them Ward and June. Now, oh, you no guys way. are of the age, <laughs> I believe, that you would know who Ward and June are. Cleavers, yeah. <laughs> yes, Cleavers. the Cleavers, yeah. And so it was a very, very wonderful traditional family. And so to say that you wanted to be a magician um, really <laughs> didn't fit in with the with right. the idea. And the so what started to happen, and it was out of out of love, but I got a lot of negative input about it, right? Mm -hmm. You And I guarantee you, the founders who are listening to this, when they said, hey, I'm going to start my own business, got a lot of negative input from people too. <laughs> right. Got to take the safe route, you know, get a job working for a big company, get the gold watch. Really, that's that's what I heard and that's what they knew. And so when, when you get all that negative input, you start kind of believing it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I took a very traditional route. I went to the University of Massachusetts. I got a degree in communication. I got a job uh, in radio. Uh, I was on air and then I got a job. Then I noticed that all the people that were making money were not the people who were on air. It was the folks that were in the sales department. <laughs> and so I said, well, geez, I, you know, I'm making nothing here. I want to make some money. So I said, I'm going to get into sales. And I was literally, you guys, probably in the history of planet Earth, the worst radio advertising salesperson you've ever seen, right? <laughs> I had no, my training consisted of the sales manager, God bless him, guy by the name of Tom Hennessy, slapping me on the back and saying, go out there and get him, killer. Get him. <laughs> literally. Get him, killer. Go Close get him, killer. Yeah. Uh, literally, that was the training. And <laughs> I, I, I was so bad and I was so scared of it that um, I literally remember going to the movies during the middle of the day instead of going out in cold. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. And then I went and I saw a guy and I never knew this was even available, right? Because this is not stuff that they teach at college, that there was like courses and stuff that you could take that can improve your skill. And so I went to see a guy by the name of Tom Hopkins. And Hello. Yeah, right. <laughs> And so Tom Hopkins, for folks who don't know, is wrote the book, How to Master the Art of Selling Anything. He's a very famous sales trainer. And I went to see to this seminar. It was the first seminar I went to, and I'm taking notes like crazy. But then, you guys, two things happen. First, I'm taking notes like crazy, and it clicked off the, wow, this personal development. There is training that you can do uh, to, to improve yourself. And, but then the other thing I noticed is when Tom did his pitch at the end of his presentation, everyone, including me, who didn't have any money, was <laughs> running the back of the room to buy the package of audio cassettes and books and everything that he had all bundled together. And even back then, it hit me, huh, this guy's real business is selling programs. That's his real business. I mean, people were sprinting to the back room. I was one of them. And I actually sent a, um, a letter to Tom thanking him for the seminar, saying how much it inspired me and saying to him that um, one day um, I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be on stage speaking. And he sent me back. Let me see if I have it. Uh, 
Uh, do I have it out here? No, I don't. Um, but he sent me back a personal letter on a typewriter. Remember, no, this way wow. back in the day, okay? And it was not a form letter. It was a personal letter saying, I, I know you can do it for because he was a big proponent of thank you notes. And so he sent me a thank you note back. So somebody who practices what he preaches. Yeah. And I still have that letter, by the way. And we'll, we'll get back to that in just a second. And so I still had this passion about being an entertainer, though, being a magician. And it wasn't going to happen in my hometown of Springfield, Massachusetts. So I knew I had to get away. So I'm reading uh, through a trade magazine for magicians. And believe it or not, um, at the time, there's like four trade magazines just for magicians. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. And it's just a tiny, tiny market. And uh, it said, uh, come to Atlanta, move to Atlanta and be a demonstrator at an executive magic shop. And so I applied for that job. I flew to Atlanta. I loved Atlanta. It was I came to Atlanta in the winter and I was up in Massachusetts and I'm like, well, this is a different deal. <laughs> and the executive magic shops were in the Marriott Marquis and the Hilton. And what was interesting about um, Ken Fletcher's model with the company was called Magic Masters, that he didn't sell to magicians. He sold basically, our model was selling overpriced magic tricks to unsuspecting conventioneers. That's what we did. <laughs> Wow. And so the stores, the stores were absolutely gorgeous. I mean, they were like, it, he modeled it after Houdini's library. So it was mahogany and bookcases. It didn't look like the trick. Think of a magic store like Junkie. This was beautiful. Mm. And it was, it was, it was, and so my job was to demonstrate the, the tricks, draw in a crowd, right? Draw in a crowd, do a canned presentation demonstrating the trips tricks, but with a script and then sell the secrets afterwards, right? If you want to get the trick and learn how to do it, we'll do it. And so that's when I first started learning actually how to sell and how to sell one to many. So yeah. I had to draw in a crowd as they were walking by, do a demonstration to a crowd of people. So you had a store full of people and then sell. And so that was really honestly my first sales training and I got really good at it. In fact, I became the number one salesperson in the company. They had stores all across the country at the time. And, but the problem was I still had this entrepreneurial bug and I wasn't making any money. So when I say I was the number one salesperson, my top year, and I don't want to get you guys jealous at all. Okay. Jealous here <laughs> all right. with a number right. I'm about to throw out. Don't think that I'm bragging. Okay. <laughs> my top year, you guys, I made $23,000. Whoa. Hey, I know. Nice. I know. That's, I, right? I'm not worthy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And and so um Yeah, I but just, did they like you know give what? you a did they give you a mug or something to like can right. commemorate like you were the top salesperson? Like oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, my Habits mug was that they made me sales manager. Oh yeah. Which basically meant when they show up for their shift, I had to do a double shift. <laughs> and oh. so I well. remember um, one day I was driving home from downtown Atlanta back up into the in my beat up Thunderbird. Ooh. Uh, it's the middle of the summer in Atlanta. I am. I don't know if you guys know Atlanta traffic, but oh, bad. yeah, I it's rush hour. I have just worked a double shift. I am stuck in traffic. I have the windows rolled down in my car because conditioning is broken and I don't have the money to fix it. And I had, I guess we could call it a cathartic experience. 
um, I lost it, right? I, 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 I mean, I lost it. I mean, I like mentally lost. I started screaming, hitting the steering wheel, screaming words, things that, well, with you guys, it would probably be appropriate, but they might not be appropriate with you two. I mean, I could, you know, right. But, and, and I knew something had to change and something did change about a month later. I fired from that job. And, um, I, the owner found out that I had these tendencies. I was thinking about opening up my own store, not competing with him, but in the malls at Christmas. Ah, um, and he didn't like that uh, idea, and even though he wasn't in the malls or anything like that. So we, I got a job. So now I had no job and, uh, I'm going to tell you guys that I usually, when I'm selling something, I truncate the story there, but let me keep going. Cause I think for the founders, it's really important. And so somehow I came up with the money on a little bit of credit card that I had left over. I said, okay, $1,000 for two months. Remember I was making 23,000. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. So, and with no money, right. And I didn't have any money saved up and you're making 23,000. Right. You don't have a lot saved up. So I found the money. I uh, recruited my best friend of 50 something years who was a chef to quit his job. I said, I can train you on how to sell because I knew I couldn't run the cart in the mall. My and trained a chef on how to do magic tricks and pitch. Huh. And we opened up the cart in the mall. And I learned a ton of stuff because I didn't know anything about inventory. I didn't know anything about any of that. And um, it was the most grueling and exhilarating uh, months of my life up to that point uh, because I made more money in those two months I had made in a year really, really working countless hours. And so now I think I'm an entrepreneurial genius, right? I'm like, why did I wait so long to do this? I can do no wrong. Now, let me ask you guys, what do you think? So Christmas season has now ended. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think a smart founder would do? What, let's just ask your audience, what, what do they think a smart founder would do? They were oh. successful. Yeah. What do you guys think a smart founder would do? They opened up a magic card in the mall. It was successful. Yeah. What do you think they would do? Well, put some money aside. Did maybe that. Yep. lean into what's what's the what's the holidays coming up after Christmas? Maybe maybe Valentine's Day. Sure. You go to restaurants and you 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 do magic at tables. I don't sure. know exactly. I, yeah. Well, exactly. Maybe something or like that. Maybe test it out. See if it works. See if it works. Bring, see if it works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your idea, by the way, your idea, Brandon, was the best one, which was <laughs> to, to start living my dream right now that I had some money. No, yeah. what is what is what is what does Dave do? What does Dr. D do? Uh, by the way, I'm not a doctor. I just <laughs> I just play one on the podcast. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, uh, magic. Uh, what do I do? I buy a karate school. Oh, yes. Oh, and let, sure. me guess. let me guess. You don't train karate. No, oh, I had trained for karate. Come on. Man. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Dumb. Just, I had I'm trained learning. Yeah. I have trained for karate uh, for five months. So felt five months fully qualified. Yes. <laughs> or you, you're you're a black belt then, depending on what discipline. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in for that and uh, bought bought the school. I bought the school from a like a quote friend 
Uh, come to find out, we literally signed the agreement on, remember thermal fax paper, the paper that rolls up? Yeah. Yeah. So they hand the agreement for us to buy this school. We didn't have an attorney on thermal fax paper. Okay. We signed it. We own the school. We immediately find out that the school is $30,000 in back oh. rent, which we have now assumed. Oh, no. We then find out that right before we close on this, uh, taking over the school, they sell all of the contracts to a company. So now we have all of these students that we need to service with no income coming in and we're $30,000 in, in debt. Wow. By the way, I took my, my chef friend with me, my, my chef friend on the, he's ride. still hanging around. He's still, yeah. hanging. he's still yeah. hanging around because he's like, wow, he made more money than he made. Right. Sure. I mean, Christmas. Yeah. And I, I gotta tell you, um, Does he other know karate? Than, did Other he, than when I got divorced, did, did the chef know karate? Could you dress him? No, up chef did not know karate at all. Okay. No, we hired instructors, so I wasn't right. So we had okay, good. It wasn't team. Dave D, Mr. Miyagi. No, it wasn't Dave school, You know, no unique no. way to take down any opponent five at once. Okay, just checking. Yeah, because no. there's a few of those guys out there. You there's know. a lot of those guys out there, and they could all kick my ass. <laughs> so, uh, even if they don't know it, they could probably kick my ass. All right, so. Um, this was honestly, other than the time I got divorced, um, the the lowest point in my life, I, I was making no money. I mean, I'm talking, when I say no money guy, I mean literally no money. Mm. And I was living off credit cards. I was going further and further in debt. Um, my wife at the time was working two jobs. It was a nightmare. We came across an attorney who showed mercy on us. We paid one little retainer and he literally took mercy on us, this guy. And it's one of the reasons I actually like working with attorneys because of this guy. And then mm. I'm not kidding you. We paid him in magic tricks. I gave him lessons. Oh, nice. Uh, just the dude to help us out. Okay. So we got out of the school. We you know we didn't get any money from it, but we got out. Of school. And then I had a decision. Um, was I going to get a regular job again, like a real job? Or was I going to finally live my dream of being a professional magician that I've had since I was eight, nine, 10 years old? And I didn't know. So I thought I needed motivation and you think I was motivated, but I was really down. I mean, this was bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, I go to this big success rally seminar and really it's, they've got these name speak between each of the name speakers, people up there like Tom Hopkins. I think Tom was actually on the program. I think he was selling, selling their programs. Yeah. And so I'm ready to leave. Schwarzkopf is done, right? He's the keynote speaker. I'm ready to get up and leave. And then this guy comes out on stage, guy by the name of Dan Kennedy, never heard of Dan Kennedy, had no idea who this guy was. And Dan says, you might as well sit back down in your seat and watch my presentation. You're just going to be caught in traffic. And I knew that all too well, remember? Yeah. Yeah. And so I sat down and he starts talking about the called marketing. And I'm taking notes like crazy. And I'm so educated at this point. I don't realize that this guy is trying to sell me something. <laughs> he is trying to um, sell me something. And then, so he goes into his pitch and I'm all excited. And I knew that was the thing that I needed. And I was doing about three shows a month at that point. And then what happened was... Uh, he gave the price, and I think guys, the price was two hundred and seventy nine dollars for this that he was selling. Yeah. 
And I didn't think I had the money. I didn't have the money actually. And so I, this is a part of the story that I rarely tell. I actually left that event without buying the, because I didn't think I had the money. And on the drive home, I knew I just made a terrible decision. And I got home at the time and I said, I should have bought thing that we need to make this, to, to make our magic business really grow. But it was $200. And she looks at me and she says, $279 we're in debt. What was another $279 going to do? Mm. And here's an important lesson for the founders. There was no interest back then. Right. So there was no way to get in touch with Dan. There was no way for me to go buy it online, but Dan was super smart. He followed up with a sales letter in the mail. Wow. Okay. He followed up with a sales letter in the mail. Almost all entrepreneurs, as you guys know, give up on leads way too early. Mm. So Dan could have said, Hey, this guy, just saw my best presentation. He saw my best stuff, didn't buy it, Therefore, he's not interested. But Dan's too smart for that. He sent me like a 15, 18 page sales letter. Said, hey, you were at the event. You didn't buy. You ordered by the damped and read on the order form. I'll still give you the same deal. And I read that sales letter over and over and over, which is an important point too. <laughs> Just doesn't necessarily have to be online. Because if it was an email, I might have deleted it to spam, but I had the letter. It was following me around the house. And then I called. <laughs> and when the um, uh, when it arrived, it arrived on a Friday. I tore open that box. I shut myself in the spare bedroom in the apartment we were in. And I literally, and I'm not exaggerating, went through every audio cassette, read everything over the three days. I slept and on mm -hmm. Monday I started implementing uh, and it was really imperfect implementation I mean I didn't really know anything but I started taking action or as Jim Rohn would say taking massive action mm -hmm. then I got some Jay Abraham stuff and I started taking massive action and most of the stuff didn't work because I wasn't mm -hmm. really good at it but here, here here's the here's the payoff I went from doing three shows a month to 25 shows a month in less than 90 days. Ooh, nice. In my fourth wow. month, I did 57 shows. Wow. In one year, I paid off all of my debt. I bought my first house. I bought my first luxury car. Everything changed for me. Mm. Everything. And I was living my dream. Um, or so I thought. Hey founders, really enjoying this interview, this conversation with Dave D, an old friend of ours, but absolutely one of the most genuine people we know. Um, and he's got a really great name and a really great URL, DaveD.com. Dave's got some amazing resources. If you want to learn more about how to be more authentic selling one to many, uh, if you're in that type of uh, space where you can speak to groups either on a webinar or, or can get on stage and speak to groups, Dave is probably one of the elite trainers in the world. And he's learned from some of the best and he's got his, his own spin of, of entertainment and, and education and selling that is really, really unique. Uh, head over to DaveD.com to learn more.
You're listening to the Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. Now, let me let me ask you guys, have you ever been to a, a children's birthday party? Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Painful. I want you to imagine going to 57 of them <laughs> in one month. Now, so is this where we get into the story about you developed a drinking problem? <laughs> yeah. 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 So then I decided, well, I should start doing corporate, um, which I did. The problem was corporate relied on, there would be a lot of traveling and away from home. And I had two little kids and that's not something that I wanted to do. Yeah. So I did corporate locally. I mean, I worked for Porsche and Coca-Cola, all of the companies that were here in Atlanta. But in, if I was to really do it, I'd have to like do trade shows and things like that and be away, which I did, which is not you know, I, I've always wanted to focus on lifestyle at some, on some level. And so uh, Dan actually suggested to me, he said, hey, you should take your, this, all of your knowledge about how you went from three shows to 57 shows and, you know, making six figures as a freaking magician. This was years ago. And you should sell it to other magicians. Mm. And I said, geez, how do you do that? And he says, well, I've got another course on that. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that. Dan Kennedy, another course? What? Shocking. And guess what? I bought it. It was a a course put out by Jeff Paul and Dan Kennedy. And I followed the same path. I invested Mm -hmm. in myself and I took massive action and I just went ahead and I did it. And here's what's cool. I placed a little tiny ad uh, in that trade magazine, same trade magazine where I got that job so many years ago. Yeah. And it basically said, hey, want to earn six figures as a magician? Call this toll-free recorded message to get this report. And I didn't even have the report written. (laughs) And people started calling. I was stunned. I was excited that people were calling the toll-free number requesting the report. So I sat down at my typewriter. And again, this this wasn't computer. This is longer ago. Sat down at my typewriter, banging out this sales letter, which was full of typos, right? (laughs) And you know, you have the white out, it was like that. And then every yes. I get some copied and I'd stuff them myself and I hand address them, I send them out. And I put my home phone number on there. Now I didn't have the course, by the way. Of course right? not. Right. And I'm no. still performing. I'm still doing 30, 40 shows a month. Nice. So somebody calls me and he says, Hey, I got your report. I want to buy the course. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe it. Right? He's this guy's going to pay me. I think I was charging 200 bucks or something. It doesn't really matter. And I say to him, well, don't worry. I won't process your credit card until um, I ship you out the course. Of course, there was no course. And of course, I had no idea how to process credit cards. Right. <laughs> I, I, and, and so then another phone call came in, another phone call came in, another phone call came in. And so what I did was I come home from my shows after doing three, four shows a day and work on the course because I had to get it out because people I had this money that was waiting there for me. And so that's actually what got me into the information marketing business. Mm. Uh, And then I did my first seminar and things like that. And then um, stories of my success as an entertainer and little success as an info marketer. I mean, I was in a tiny market, so I wasn't going to, you know, crush it like some other some of my contemporaries like Joe Polish and things like that. Um, But I was doing really well with both of those things. And I started getting invited to speak on stages. Yep. And the first stage was Dan's because yep. I was like a huge testimonial for Dan, right? Yes, of course. And so 
He says, I had this thing called the Info Summit, which is an annual event. I want you to come and speak on main stage. But here's the deal. You've got to sell something. So for, for the founders listening to this who don't know how the game works, whenever you see a speaker selling something on stage, they've either paid to be on stage or they're splitting the revenue with the host of the event. That's how right. the hosts make a lot of money. And so I'm like, I'm an entertainer. Um, I've already done my own. I mean, I'm a, you know, like I'm on stage all of the time. How hard can this be? Right. And you're probably the next Vegas show. So there's that. You know, yeah. Yeah. You're competing. with. So uh, I put together big, my presentation. Yeah. I put together my presentation. I go up on stage. I'm nervous, right? It's biggest audience I ever spoke before, but I'm an entertainer used to being up in front of people. I, you guys, I had the audience laughing and they were clapping. They were loving it. Of course. Like, this is so easy. This is so easy. <laughs> so I do my, my clothes. And I'm going to do the air quotes around clothes oh because clothes is a really strong word for what I think, <laughs> uh, what, what, I, what I did. I, right? can, I, can, I can hear Dan in the background right now giving you shit for what you're about to tell me, for how it went that, down. It's, that it's, is I can, I can hear Dan's coming. He's, yeah. Right. So I'm expecting the sales stampede, <laughs> right? Like I saw Tom Hopkins have. Like I saw Dan have, like I saw some of the other speakers have. I do, I make my off, do my clothes. People going to the back of the room where people going to leave to go to the bathroom. I'm not <laughs> kidding. It is rough. Uh, I was so down on myself. First of all, I let down one of my greatest mentors. Right. And I let down myself because I'm thinking I'm going to come out of here with $50,000, $100,000. I came out with almost nothing. I mean, I maybe sold two things, huge audience. It was terrible. So guess what the path I took? Same path that I follow every time I was successful. I started investing in myself. I went to speaker trainings. I bought courses. I immersed myself in it. And I came up with my own system um, for for selling one to many, selling from the plat or selling from a webinar. It's really basically the same thing. And uh, I started perfecting it and working on smaller stages and doing my own events and selling at my own events one to many. And then I got a fax from, from Kennedy. Um, we're doing another info. This is about three years later. Uh, you want to come uh, come back? Now, when you bomb on main stage, yeah, they don't put you back on main stage, right? Right. So I'm literally at, I think the breakout session was uh, at 8.30 in the morning in a room in the bowels of the hotel. I mean, it was bad. I had about a well, maybe 120 in the room, but I was armed with my new skill of persuasion, mass persuasion. This time when I did my clothes, there was people running to the front to get order forms, running to the back to get order forms. And when the smoke cleared, I had sold $300,000 worth wow, of beautiful things yep. I was selling to 150 was, people. So Dave, was that, was that Dallas? If we can, was that it the was. Dallas? So I spoke at that event, but I also bought your kit because oh you offered gosh. magic tricks with your selling system. Oh my and gosh. I had little kids at the time. I'm like, oh, well, I could, I could learn from Dave. Cause I knew Dave. I'm like, Dave's the real deal. 
Um, I knew Dave before he was like main stage speaker, but I right. bought that kit and I I loved it, but I love the magic tricks because you use those magic tricks as a way to like how to break down resistance mm. with your prospects. I'm like, what an ingenious way to use magic. Yeah, Bob, I've never seen yeah, any I, of the magic tricks, you know, no, That's because of, because out. I'm not a performer, but well, I did. I did love the system. The magic tricks were a bonus. You're holding the magic tricks for a bonus. Yeah. And I, I don't think that was the same event, um, but then I got invited to a lot of events. Right. Because, okay. Now remember, because that was one hundred and fifty thousand for the house. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I got half. Um, and and so that uh, that was a big game changer for me. Oh, to make one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in seventy five minutes was pretty powerful, and um, and so I knew I had something, and so I started speaking on stages, literally all over the world, you know, in Italy and all over the place, and uh, and then uh, people started asking me, well, um, can you teach me how to do? And it was typically um, what I would call like regular business owners, like you know, for example advisor who does presentations an estate planning attorney who does presentations some info marketers and things like that uh and so i started teaching other people how to sell one to many whether that's in person or virtually and uh that's really uh brings us up to today uh what we do and saying i i wrote a book called sales stampede um which outlines my methodology uh, for doing all of that what an amazing story what what i love about this and and absolutely what I love about this show and is talking about the journey, you know, yeah. you're, you're describing a whitewater rafting adventure where you don't oh. know what's around the, the corner. You just barely scrape back over that last rock, you know, and almost dump the raft. And here you are, you know, exhilarated the whole way down and you're feeling all of these emotions. And, and I, I love that. That's the journey that the entrepreneur journey, right? It, it, Exhilarated or scared as hell? Both. All of it. <laughs> Both depressed, of it. scared, like not being able to sleep at night. Oof. You know, it, what just, a, what just, you know, I haven't, uh, guys, honestly, I've been on a lot of podcasts, but I've never, thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell, like, that's the entire story, right? Absolutely. I yeah. often cut out pieces of it. But what just occurred to me uh, and a lesson for me in retelling that story, and I think it's a lesson, um, for everybody in this lesson I got to go back to is back then I just did it, right? I placed the ad, I went on the stage when I wasn't ready, mm -hmm. I, I just did it. And today I'm way too methodical, right? Oh, uh, I've got to plan everything out, mm. right? I've got to plan everything out. I got to have the entire plan before I, and that's never how I did it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, so thank Big you. Lesson. So it was it's like, basically therapeutic for me. Well, that's an interesting point you're making, Dave, is because, you know, every entrepreneur, I think, has that story, what you told some version of that, you know, see to your pants, maxed out the credit cards, eating the ramen, <laughs> not knowing what the hell I'm doing, but I'm doing it. And and like you said, and then we get sophisticated, we get good at it and, and we get refined and, and you get into this planning and nothing against it. It's, there's nothing wrong. It's just, is it, maybe there's an approach where 
you have to reapproach your business with that 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 those fresh eyes and the yeah. you know devil may care and hair on fire at maybe that's what's got to be planned into the replanned into the journey it's like okay i'm in my zone i got things going things are still things are 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 steady what else can i do to disrupt this what else can i do what, what what's my next evolutionary process here to disrupt the shit out of this and get back to some of that whitewater rafting feel I don't know. Just, a, just a thought. Just yeah, a I, I don't. It. I don't know either. But I do know that in telling my story, that's exactly how I did it, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, you know, every, every step, every, literally every step of the way. And the other thing I just realized, um, this is great. You guys are awesome. I mean, this is well, fantastic. <laughs> We're enjoying it. Um, the other thing I just realized is there's so much information available today that you can get in paralysis of just collecting information yes, and, and continuing truth. to learn. When I got that Dan's course, magnetic marketing, I didn't go and say, Oh, I'm going to buy, I'm going to go through part of it and buy another course and jump over to another guru's course. Right. I said, yeah. shit, I got to make this work. I have to make this mm. work. Mm. Right. Yes. And I actually implemented it like freaking crazy and implemented it poorly in the beginning but implemented it. Hmm. And I think what a lot of us do, including me, is we try to gather so much information, then as opposed to, hey, if you, if you find somebody who's the real deal, dive in, use their stuff, sure. right? Um, it's almost a form of uh, procrastination. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying the show as much as we are today. What a phenomenal story that Dave has. And if you've got a story that resonates with people, you know, the story of struggle that we talked about at the beginning of the show, the thing that actually resonates with people is an origin story. It is a story of how you forge an amazing solution to solve people's problems. And that story deserves to be captured and retold as much as possible. And the way we do that at Feed Stories is with video. So if you've got a story, if you've got a solution that people love and rave about, and it's changing people's lives, please reach out to us on Feed Stories and get some time with Bob and I, and let's talk about capturing that story in a way that more and more people can see it. You can put that story in front of people 24 seven using the power of well-structured, well-formatted videos. And with the way um, social platforms are just continuing to explode and, and utilize and format and, um, and use video to primarily as the way they are communicating with people, there is no better time than now to uh, to think about that and to get that into motion. Go to feedstories.com, book a call with us. We look forward to talking to you. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brendan Boyd. Uh, there's, there's definitely a tendency now for people to feel satisfied, feel satiated just by intaking the information. Mm -hmm. Like there's some sort of like, okay, I fed my endorphins. Like I got that, I got that shot of adrenaline and that's enough. And there's not enough implementation. Um, I think Dave, you know, part of the reason you need, like, it, it was probably the desperation, right? It was like, you didn't throw your hands up, but the desperation was like, I better implement or I'm bankrupt or my wife is leaving me or I'm not eating. Like, mm the situation dictated, at least for you, like I got to implement the hell out of this stuff. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it, actually, it, it, there was two factors. One is that I'm going to have to get a regular job, real job. Yeah. And second of is, if I knew if I didn't do it, then my dream, my lifelong dream would die. Hmm. Wow. Wow. And uh, that's, and, and I think what happens is when you become quote successful, some of that you become a little bit more conservative and you become mm. a little less hungry. Mm. Um, yeah. It's mm. just, it's just an interesting, I've never had this conversation on a podcast with anybody. <laughs> so it's really cool. So, so, I mean, obviously now you're, you're in the entrepreneurial space, you're a trainer, you've got some uh, positive notoriety, like does magic still, is it still part of your life? Oh God. Yes. I just bought a, uh, so um, I'm actually a mentalist. So we say magician because it's easy, but yes. for people to get right. But I, I, and I still do my show uh, either virtually or uh, in person the night before I speak. And so, um, so I do an entertainment thing. So when someone hires me, they get a kind of a two for one, they get entertainment yeah, and then they get me speaking the next day, whether I'm selling or not, whether they're paying me a fee. And personally, I would rather, um, sell than get paid a fee. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> because I'm not so, and the reason I say that is not to be arrogant, but you know, the, they're, the, I'm not a celebrity, so they're not paying me the truth is I typically make more than the, the keynote celebrity. Right. 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 I mean, that's just, that's just the truth. Sure. So yes, I still perform. I still love performing. In fact, we're going to be doing, uh, when we move to Marco, we're, so we're moving, as I told you guys, before we went on air, I'm moving to Marco Island. We're going to be doing, um, we're going to have a standing show there. Cause I still love it. It's still, love it. What do you love about it, Dave? So it, you're take me back on this. You're eight years old. You, you got interested. What was it about it? What was the thing about magic mentalism that just hooked you and has kept you? Yeah, going? I started. I, I remember when I was so, so one that I missed is when I was 13 years old, um, there was a uh, campaign. I'm just running because I saw that I paused there. There was a campaign run. I, uh, the Burger King company called the magic Burger King. And I said, Hey, okay. So I got on the phone and I actually cold called all of the local Burger Kings. No way. And I said, yes, I'm not kidding. Cold called the Burger King and said, um, you've got this campaigns running. I didn't say campaign. I said these commercials, uh, with a magic Burger King. Um, you want the kids to come to your place for birthday parties opposed to mcdonald's i think if you had a magician there that would help and i called most of the team i that my my pitch wasn't even as good as i just did one guy mr white a former new england um patriots linebacker owned a burger king said this sounds good he had me come in do something for the staff they liked it and he hired me and i got paid here it is five dollars a five dollars a show hey when you're 13 years old I mean, we're aging ourselves here, but that was a decent gig for a 13 year old. Heck yeah. For sure. And if you do three of them, that's 15 bucks, but more important, loving it. I was, I didn't really, it, it, I mean, I loved it. The burning and, question is, did you get free food? That's no, no, I got to pay for the food. That's where the 15 bucks went. So <laughs> Mr. White was no dummy. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, I'm this, this kid's hungry. I'm, I'm going to sell it's, him. It, it was, it's like the blues brothers who, uh, you know, got paid $200 for their gig, but drank $400 worth of beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, I, part of it to, to answer, to answer your question is, um, I loved the psychology of it. Mm. Even back then I loved, and I loved how it made people feel and how it made people react. And then I think on another thing, I was never an athletic kid, right? Good at sports. And this was a me to have something special about myself and something different that I was actually good at and, and, and that I love to do. And again, I still absolutely love it. Love it. Love it. Cool. Could you t share a little bit about kind of what the show is about? Like what, what will you do for, for an audience kind of like the, the show before the show or the, the show yeah. before you speak, just, just share a little bit of what, what, what they would experience. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. Cause it's very different. Anyone else is doing. So what the show really is, it's a personal development show without the audience know that they're being preached motivation and personal development. Wow. So what we, yeah. And so it's really great for business seminars. And so I have people that hire me just to do the show, right? Um, uh, because it's, so you're getting a motivational, it's motivational entertainment. I like to call it transformational entertainment. Uh, and that's one of the areas that I'm getting into where we're really showing people uh, entertainment. So they don't know that they're learning things, yeah. which I think is the best way, right? So we're teaching them, we're teaching them goal setting. We're teaching them about trusting your intuition. We're teaching them about overcoming obstacles. We're teaching them about over, um, uh, uh, overcoming, working outside of their circle of influence, their, uh, their, their, um, their, what do you call it? Not their circle of influence, their, uh, comfort zone outside hmm. of their comfort zone. Sure. Um, and so that's really what the show is, but it's all done with, um, with mind reading, right. And intuition. Mm -hmm. And so we have people write down what their goals are, and then I will reveal what their goals are and help them overcome the fears that they are overcoming. And so we'll, we'll do different things and then we'll do exercises with the entire audience. So for example, if someone says, um, that one of the things that the reason that they're not going for this thing that they truly honestly desire is that they that they lack confidence in themselves and in their ability. We'll take the audience through after doing the mind reading and all of that kind of stuff to get to that area. We'll do an, an exercise with the entire audience where they can have instant confidence anytime that they want. Right. Mm, and oh. so it's that type. It's a really, really cool, fun People are laughing. They're having a great time. Um, some of them are crying in happiness. Uh, and it's just people leave uplifted, not just entertained, but uplifted and believing um, in themselves. One of the best responses I got when I did it virtually, the next day, someone said, I woke up this morning. I was so down for weeks. I woke up this morning feeling great. And I took the very first step that I've been procrastinating on and reaching this thing, reaching this goal that I really wanted to reach. I mean, uh, really powerful. So I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. That's it's kind of a trend I'm seeing with comedians. It reminds me of Dave Chappelle and some others while they're, they're very entertaining and, and funny, but they're also making some very strong points about 
how improving society and problems and 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 like it's it's a twofold. It's not just going and, and laugh entertainment. It's also some education and 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 ways that human beings can grow. So I really love that approach. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. I love it. And um this is so are this this is where they they kind of invite you in. So you you're you're gonna come talk at a conference, you're gonna either sell or do a keynote. Um, but like this, it makes you really attractive to a promoter to like, they're going to get this entertainment. It's, it's like, it's yeah. just a, this really great bonus, but it's, it's kind of the thing they're buying, right? Like they're buying the bonus and then you get the benefit of speaking <laughs> yeah. and, and, and selling at these things. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. And again, what, what's been happening a little bit more is people just wanting, Hey, can you come and just do this thing? Because it really, it, it gets them. So most at most of the events, they're looking for a motivational speaker. Yeah. And yeah, right. Exactly. I have the same reaction. <laughs> this is motivational, but it's, it's there's a difference between a motivational raw, raw speaker and something truly being motivating mm. and inspiring and entertaining and fun. Right. And so that's, that's what I'm doing. Well, I mean, that's what our culture is all about. We, I mean, we are an entertainment culture, right? It's what drives us. It's what drives social media. I mean, you were doing all this before this was cool, right? Like you're, I mean, you're, you're truly innovative because you were doing this before it was cool, but like, that's what drives us, right? We want to be entertained. We want to be amazed. Uh, we want to be distracted. So I, I mean, it's, it's a perfect model for this time in society for sure. Yeah, it and is. So we'll see it where is. it goes. The other thing I was going to say is, it's there's such a need i'm just gonna say it for like people you know achieve achievement and success can, can be really fun and light it doesn't there's a lot of heaviness yeah. around this space <laughs> like there's a lot of shame base and like the grind and the hustle like god can we is there a new narrative we can can, can this be fun can we actually enjoy the process of evolving and 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 defining success success however we choose can this actually be a good time you know, oh, it's, man, it's that I, question. Dude, and I, I, I just, like you're doing an amazing job at it. Dude, I just love what you just said. Success as you define it. That's really what it's all about, right? You yeah. know, the hustle and the grind culture. And you, you, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what that's, that's what fulfilling you, to you. That's what you sure. want to do. That's not what I want to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I want to spend time with my freaking amazing wife, who's the most incredible woman on the planet. I mean, literally, that's what yes. I want to do. And with my kids and, and traveling and, and doing all of that stuff. Um, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have a, I, this is just me personally. I don't want to have a gigantic company with yeah. 300 employees. Yeah. And yeah. We're kind of with the, with the hustle and grind culture that you mentioned, we're kind of, you kind of almost feel guilty about it. Like, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. And I think, yeah, Bob and I are dipping into that with, with our guests and even he and I talking about that, just it's, it's the luster is fading and, you know, I, I watch a lot of videos and, and see different types of speakers and motivators and, I, the more that I, I kind of search for patterns and denominators and what you kind of get behind a lot of the people are talking is that there's shame, there's shame based. Um, They're well, using shame to motivate or yeah, using or shame attempt, to motivate, right, attempt right. to motivate. It's a, it's a, it's not overtly, no one's trying to be a dick most of the time, yeah. but well, some of them are actually, some, <laughs> some, of, them some are. of them are. We yeah, know, some, we all know some of them. We know, we know some of them, but <laughs> 
this idea of well i think it, it's to our it's our society we, we pride ourselves on how many hours we can put in and you know i call it the midwest martyrs where we're just look at how many hours i can put in and and and, and grind and it's like well what if there's a different leverage point here what if we don't if we all define success a little differently and but we can still apply some principles that'll get us there so that's what's so appealing about what you're doing i yeah, love man, it thank you thank you Guys, Dave, this we've been freight. This has been amazing. I love this. What a podcast you have. Wow. Oh, that, well, thank that, you. that means a lot, Dave. And yeah, it really does. Um, thank you. I, I'm really glad to have known you all these years and to we we've shared stages and uh we've we've shared clients and uh been too long since we connected the pandemic kind of ruined some of those things for people but um so good to talk with you you're one of the most genuine people i know um and you generally care for people and and you help people so those are the types of people that we enjoy being in a relationship with so thank you for that would you please share uh, some ways people can uh learn about the magic of dave d and <laughs> what and what they could do yeah so the, the easiest way is just to go to daved.com um, you can, um, I send out a daily, uh, what I call a D-mail. Get it? Ooh, I like it. Yes, I get D it. D-mail. Yeah. D okay. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, if you like what we talked about here and you like my style, it's in this conversational tone. It's not yeah. pitching stuff. It's like a real, it's fun and entertaining. It's info. I call it infotaining. And then also get a copy of my sales arcana newsletter it's a one of my pre it's my premium newsletter that we sell for 97 dollars a month there's no obligation though you just get it you would be able to download a copy of that to check that out as well it's all about you probably figured it out selling selling yeah. first selling one to no one way. and selling one to many yeah sales and, arcana. And, and do you do you ever teach people how to do magic tricks still you know i've been asked i should start doing that um i really should make that part of the newsletter yeah bring uh, bring the magic back Bring the magic back. Yeah, Bring it absolutely. back. Good. Uh, one, la one last thing we want to do, Dave, is uh, we, we like to let our guests kind of open themselves up a little bit and, and do a 60 second rant. Um, it could be, it doesn't have to be business related. In fact, you know, our best rants are about auto flushing toilets and the DMV, things like that. Just what's on the top of your mind that you want to just get on a soapbox about today? Wow. What a great question. I would say I'll talk about something that I struggle with because, and I think a lot of um, uh, founders will, will struggle with the same thing. And that is, um, Hey, everything's going to be okay. Right. So there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be times when things are not going well. Uh, and what you don't know, those times that you don't think are going well can be the, actually the catalyst for something absolutely amazing that you just don't know. No, I'm a believer. Okay. I, I, I you know, I'm a Christian I, and I, I'm a, I'm a real believer. And so I believe that, um, um, we are, we are guided. Doesn't not things are preordained. We need to take the actions, but we are guided. And and some of when I look back at my life and some of the worst things that I thought happened to me when I got divorced, man, I was deeply depressed. It, mm. it was bad. Mm. But that and then dating and all of that and that, but that led me to meeting my wife Kalia. It led me to meeting literally someone. 
I didn't know that love could be like this. Mm. I didn't know. I literally had no concept that wow. it could be like this. Wow. And so if you're going through something dark right now, or you're going through a time that is where you're struggling and things don't look good, just keep going through it, man. Just keep going through it because I believe that God has a plan for you and that there's brighter things uh, for you just around the corner. You just got to make it around that corner. And, and I know that because if I go look back at my life, if you look at my story, there were some dark times, but it led to something better. Mm. Amazing. That's, that's Perfect. amazing. What a, Perfect. what a great, what a great ending to a great conversation. Thank you, Dave. Thank so you. appreciate you honor you. Thank you for sharing your time with Thank us you. today. Thank you guys for having me. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the innovative founder with Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd, a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.